The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at MyHouseSportsGear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to MattTalkOnline.com slash ice. Episode 24 of the Ice Hour D3 Wrestling Podcast. Been a while since we've last visited, but the Division Three Wrestling season is off and running. As a matter of fact, we're in a little bit of a lull now as uh, we're approaching the Christmas holiday. The Desert Duels just finished up out in Las Vegas. But as we look towards March, because apparently in the sport of wrestling, it's the end of the year that matters. And at the end of the year for Division Three this year is the NCAA Championships in Cleveland, Ohio. And the host institution for that championship this year is Baldwin Wallace joining us today on the program, the head coach at Baldwin Wallace, Jamie Gibbs. Coach Gibbs, played a lot of phone tag to get this thing set up, but uh, welcome to the program finally. Yeah, thanks for having me. We got her done, though, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, you guys are in an interesting position there in Cleveland because uh, it's been a couple years since it's been back-to-back championships at the same site. The last time we had it in St. Louis, D2 and D1. We've had D uh, D2 and D1 go Omaha. Uh, with uh, you know two and ones, and now we've got threes and ones back to back weekends in Northeast Ohio, an area that loves wrestling. Uh, how amped are you for that? That two weekends of wrestling. Yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, we're excited. We're excited. I think uh, especially with the state of Cleveland right now and what's going on, I think uh, wrestling fans and especially Division Three wrestling fans, my guess is uh, probably haven't been in such a major city, so um, it'd be a good situation. You know, the sites that we've had, the, the Division Three championships the last couple of years, Cedar Rapids has been great, lacrosse has been great, but there's something about the the, the teams, and this is, I guess, the, the more East it's been since Hershey, which was pretty cool, uh, being originally an East Coast guy to get to go up to my kind of my old stomping grounds in Pennsylvania and, and Hershey and right there at the Giants Center, but uh, having it in Ohio where there is a large collection of Division Three athletes that wrestle within and colleges within the state of Ohio and those who who go off into schools in Pennsylvania and up into Michigan, or as, as the people in Ohio would say, that state up north. But, uh, you know, wh- why is Cleveland the right place for this Division Three championships this year? I, I think it's just a hotbed. Um, it's a hotbed of wrestling. Fans are knowledgeable. Um, you know, and, and there's just not only the Ohio Athletic Conference, there's several other Division Three teams, like you said, throughout Pennsylvania, Michigan, Indiana. So, uh, I think it's just a great location for Division Three um, with all the East Coast teams and the school from the Midwest. So I'm, I'm expecting that teams should be able to travel pretty well, and uh, we should be able to get it from the East and the West all to come together in Cleveland and put on a great championship. Yeah, the venue is Public Auditorium, also known as Public Hall, a, a very, uh, I guess the word is artistic-looking place. I mean, it's palatial, so to speak. It's got the old... Uh, old uh, rock work and it's just it you know it's got a stage on the end and then it's got this just real history we've had the u.s open there in the past uh, high school nationals used to be there so a lot of wrestling tradition there a week before the division one championships head to quick and loans arena so as a division three coach who ends your season 
how how excited to be like ah, i can just i can just hang back and uh, i don't have to travel anywhere for the division ones the following week yeah pretty convenient we're excited for our home fans and uh yeah i think logistically it's going to be a release and not have to do all that but now you trade off for some other work that goes into place when you're hosting so probably a wash maybe even a little more uh on the plate <laughs> but we, we knew that going into it so it'll be a good thing yeah set up a tear down always the fun part now as we'll talk a little bit more about the division three championships as we get closer to the end of the program but Talking about this season, your team, the Yellow Jackets, 11-1. and National rank just took your first loss over the weekend, but uh, to a really tough Laura squad, they came in ranked number four. That was, that was a tight one. And I want to talk about where this program went from being, you know, not even really receiving consideration in the national rankings when you arrived to its, its place in the top ten right now. You guys, when you arrived, there was no postseason, and, and it wasn't exactly the easiest start for you there. No, you know, when I took over the program, I, you know, there was about six to ten kids on the on the team, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was a struggle the first couple of years, and uh, yeah, now we're we're going a different direction, so it's exciting, and uh, we're, we're looking. For, I think the best is, is is still yet to come. Yeah, with that situation, it wasn't just you guys with with no postseason. I believe the administration came in and said no postseason for anything. It was kind of an athletic overhaul, if you will. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Yep. The uh, president came in and looked at some things and took away our, our postseason for that year. And uh, so, yeah, all across all across athletics. So it was it was rough a uh, situation that uh, you know we walked into, but we got through it, and I think. Came out stronger in the end. Adversity is good for for guys to handle it the right way. So we grew from it. We learned a lot and carrying some momentum into into present day. So yeah, I'm going to come back to that that point. Is it being your your first official head coaching job? But before you spent time there at Ball and Wallace, you'd you'd bounce around. You're from Iowa. You you wrestled Iowa Central and at Co. So you've got the familiarity with the the junior college division three before coaching in Division Two at UNC Pembroke in North Carolina. What is that experience like in Pembroke, North Carolina? I just that's the, that was the first time I met you, you were at Pembroke, but what what's it like coaching wrestling in Pembroke, North Carolina? It, it was good. I, I tell you what, I learned a lot as a head coach there. Uh great people, great school. Um you know, and uh I left there and and you know we had just placed the national duels uh at uh, at UNC Pembroke for the first time in school history, and then took over this job, and and uh, just because I, I I again you know with it being a hotbed of wrestling and uh, the location and the uh, the reputation of the school, I, I really felt and believed that this was a great place to raise a family and that we could win here. So, um, but Pembroke was good to us. We love it. Still got great friends there. Back to Coach Johnson, who's the Head coach uh, there now was my assistant for five years, so he's the right man for the job. And um, man, there's a lot of guys there that uh, had a lot of success, and you know, during my five years with with the program, so it was a lot of fun, you know, taking over that program and and uh, leading it to where where it was and where it is now, where it's going. So, 
Yeah, I want to clarify something. I said that the Ball Wallace was your first job. Pembroke was your first head coaching job. Ball Wallace, your first head job in Division Three, which kind of leads to why leave a scholarship program in Division Two for a non-scholarship program in Division Three as a head coach? Just a better fit for my family, um, you know, and and really believe that uh, you know, again, being in the hot hot better wrestling. My wife is from Iowa. I'm from Iowa, so. Um, Northeast Ohio just felt a lot like home, and uh, there's a lot of more opportunities for my wife and what she does. Um, so that that was a big part of it. And you know, during the interview process, uh, it seemed to me like DW um, was serious about wrestling, and um, you know, I just think there's better re- wrestling resources where where I'm currently at. You know, so. That was that was a big part of uh, of it. So, well, I mean, it's a great place to raise a family. Baldwin Walls is great community, great great area. So, we're happy here. One thing about the dynamics of North Carolina and Ohio is that obviously the wrestling culture there. A lot of Division One programs to to contend with within the state of North Carolina. Whereas in the state of Ohio, you've got a couple D ones, but you know Ohio State gets a pick of the litter, and then. You know, Kent State, Ohio, U coming in after that. When you and Cleveland State, of course, don't want to forget them because they're right there, you know, right down the road in Cleveland. But when, when you look at the fertile recruiting grounds that you have as a Division Three coach in Ohio, you've taken your roster from you said six or seven to thirty-seven. That that's location, location, location. Yeah, yeah, that and population. I mean, there, there's a ton of uh, D2s around here, and and and. You know, you got your big time D ones, and I mean, it's a, it's a wrestling hop that people come from all over to recruit some of the best out of you know the, the greater Cleveland area. So you know, you got to work hard, but um, you know, there, there's a large population uh, of of kids too. So if you're out there doing your job, I mean, I think uh, there's talent. There's talent. When it comes to, to to credentials, what type of kids are you typically looking at? when you're uh, at the Ohio state tournament or if you're, you're at neighboring States and knowing that if you get somebody early uh, they're there and they have a good season, a D two, a D D one scholarship program could come in and scoop them away. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly, that's exactly right. And those are the kids that we need to be on. And so they got to be looking for the right fit, you know, the, the right uh, college wrestling experience that includes, you know, the academic piece, the athletic piece and the social piece and a great balance of both. And, you know, we want to provide a Division One wrestling experience with the Division Three personal touch, and you know, if we're going to continue to get better, we got to find those kids that you know can wrestle uh, at the Division One level. You know, I've got a guy on my team, you know, that was a state champ in Ohio, and he had some Division One offers. Tom Ryan was in his living room. You know what I mean? Like, so we need those kids that are looking for for that. Uh, you know the, the 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 balance of the academics, the athletics, and and the social piece, and that are still serious about wrestling. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean that's the nerve wracking part. You can't control that piece like you can in Division Two and Division One. So, um, some of that stuff is out of your control. But uh, I still think there's some of those type of kids that are looking for that. Uh, I mean, you know, Division Three wrestling real well. I mean that's. That's the way, you know, those top teams have Division One talent. There's no doubt about it. 
one of the misconceptions, I guess, or, or something that uh, programs like yours and the teams that are that are rising uh, to challenge the Augsburgs and the Wartburgs of the world is it's not just a place where you know D one talent comes to land or hide. There's there's been good development of talent within Division three. One of those kids is actually uh, one, one of your former wrestlers, a multiple time All American, has actually been on this show before, Jesse Gunter, and uh, he was bl- he's blind and. That presents a whole set of challenges uh, from from a coaching standpoint. What what is the recruitment of that athlete like? And, and once you get him on campus and and coaching him in the corner on on probably the slowest wrestling matches you can ever ever be in the corner for because every time this separation the whistle <laughs> blows. But uh, you know what what positives uh, was, was uh, Jesse to the program and, and what did you learn about yourself as a coach with having to coach a blind kid who was so successful. Yeah, Jesse's an awesome story. Um, there again, you know, he, he, uh, in high school, you know, he missed the state tournament three times. Um, you know, was a state alternate three times, made it out his, his, uh, his senior year took third, um, he to return a state champ for third place. So we knew, we knew he was talented and, you know, so during the recruiting process, for him was a little different. Um, you know, he was part of my very first recruiting class, so I'm still trying to learn the landscape and build a relationship with it. But you know, for him, you know, there was so much more to to, to that recruiting relationship because of you know because of him being blind and everything. So um, it's pretty rewarding experience. You know, we got him to overcome a, a lot. Uh, not only as a wrestler, but just as a young man and um, how to be the best version of himself all the time. And, you know, that, that guy's got a lot of challenges. Um, but yeah, he, he was in position to win a national title two years in a row and came up short of his goals. But uh, what an awesome kid and, and a great success story. And we're real proud of Jesse. And, uh, you know, now he's got bigger and better things. He's getting married here soon. So that's fun and exciting. He's still coming in the room, helping out. and. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, Jesse was a huge success story for us. We look at the landscape of Division Three. A lot of Division Three coaches wrestle Division Three. You were one of those uh, athletes. And now, coming from junior college, what were the what were the reasons you chose Co in the Division Three level specifically? Yeah, I, I had a buddy there, um, and you know, was uh, you know, recruited there by their coaches and like the location and uh, thought it was a real good fit for me. Um, you know, that, I think that's part of the reason why I came back to division three too. When you were asking me that question about, you know, Pembroke, why would you leave division two? You know, my wife and I were both division three athletes and had just an unbelievable experience. And I think the experience that division three provides while still competing at a very, very high level is second to none, you know? And so, um, I love being back in Division Three. Now, of course, they're they're competitors when you get on the mat. But uh, is is it kind of cool to look look and see what Coach Ostendorp has done with your alma mater at Co, making them nationally competitive, nationally relevant? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome. It, you know, he hired me for the school's first full time assistant coaching job there. Um, you know, I was a huge, huge mentor of mine. He was in my wedding. You know, so he's had a huge impact on my life and. Uh, you know, we still stay in touch to this day. And we've wrestled them a few different times. Uh, you know, once when I was at Pembroke and, you know, uh, 
we've wrestled them twice uh, since I've been here. And so, yeah, two years ago out in Vegas. Then last year we ended up beating them in the national pool. So that was, that was pretty, pretty neat and pretty rewarding as well. Yeah, and, and has he ever? How many times did he throw the old Ruline Gardner stories out there? Because that's that's one that that name tends to tends to follow him around too. Yeah, <laughs> sure does, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he's never the one bringing it up. You know him that all. He's a pretty humble guy, and never going to hear him talk about uh, him, himself too much. But yeah, he gets asked that all the time, doesn't he? <laughs> It's like, hey, aren't you the guy? Didn't you beat, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. Yeah, like, you beat him in, for the third place match, yeah. Yeah, I don't have <laughs> I don't have any signature wins over any names, so nobody's going to be like, hey, didn't you beat? No, no, that was actually the Jason Bryant that went to Old Mill High School in Maryland. He was pretty good. Not <laughs> not, not, the, not the JV guy from Bacosta, Virginia. By the way, there's there's three wrestlers in, in, in the area that where I grew up that had the same name and a baseball player, so... uh I got a little bit of that misappropriation. Uh, unfortunately, I would like to have had some of that appropriation like Coach Ostendorp gets uh, when, he talk, when he talks about beating Rulon Gardner. Now, circling back to Baldwin-Wallace as a school, uh, you know, a lot of private liberal arts schools that are that are around Division Three. that's the largest uh, of the divisions and it's the fastest growing in terms of new programs each year. What's unique about Baldwin-Wallace that's, that allows you to recruit in a sea of Division Three schools, especially within the state of Ohio? Our location, our location is prime. Um, you know, we're in a, a western suburb, and you know, we're not tiny. Um, we're about four thousand students, so you know, but we still have a great student to faculty ratio, like thirteen to one, eleven to one, something like that. And you know, so got over eighty majors. So it's again, I think it's just uh, it's a real nice balance. There's tons of things to do around here. Um, you know. Got downtown Cleveland not far away. You got the walleye capital world, Lake Erie, about 12 miles from here. You got the Cleveland Metro Parks right on campus. You know, so there's just lots of, you kind of get a big campus feel, but yet you're still getting that, um, you know, the one on one classroom, you know, student to faculty ratio that the kids that are looking for Division Three want. But there's just lots of things to do, you know. So I think a lot of other similar schools, you know, um, you know, here there's just lots of things to do. And because there's lots of things to do, there's also access to a lot of internships and part-time jobs during the, the summer and off season for kids to access to help launch their career. I think that's one of the things that uh, sets us apart from some of the other Division three schools. Well, one thing is that that landscape is actually getting more competitive as there's new programs being added. Uh, Otterbein is is in its its second year. We've also got uh, you know Notre Dame College Division Two and Lake Erie and Tiffin, those D two schools. But Ohio Wesleyan's come on board. Wilmington's bringing their program back. Defiance is about to add. I mean, we we've got a lot of good existing programs. And now, uh, from from a coaching standpoint, yes, it makes the field a lot more competitive to recruit. But uh, how how positive is it for you and Baldwin Wallace to see that there's more programs, not just in Ohio in Division Three, but the nation. I mean, we're gonna have to we're gonna have this realignment discussion in like another two years if they keep adding this fast. Yeah, Division Three, no, no, no doubt. I think uh, you know, and then you just had a Division One school just add, which you know, hopefully that becomes more of the norm um, as well, and you know, just wrestling continuing to grow. So anytime programs are added, regardless of the division. Um, it's just a good thing for wrestling. So, 
it's awesome. I mean, it's getting to be, uh, like you said, it's, it's getting to be very, very competitive recruiting wise. And, but good for wrestling, good for, for, you know, to be a, a high school wrestler and in, in this region. So there's lots of options. And uh, so I think it's a good thing. Now, when we talk about the compet the competitive nature of Baldwin Wallace, you set school records the last couple of years, especially last year, 22 and three in dual meets, spending time in the, in the top 10 competing in there and of course challenging or trying to set it uh, build a team that's going to challenge the Bergs as they've won every title since I think the Nixon administration maybe not that long but uh, uh maybe that's when Don Murray was was coaching but uh, as far as the the, the, <laughs> the division 3 uh the, trying to catch those programs you know Loris is having a good year you just wrestled them had a tight one with Milliken that's a, that's a reinstated program Ferrum Nate Yetzer's doing a great job uh, out there, Lonnie Morris, uh, Johnson Wells. The landscape of Division Three isn't just—it's not just the Iowa Conference dominating things anymore. Uh, what is it about Division Three that you feel is, has made it more competitive and deeper than it's been in years? Oh, I think administrators are seeing the value, a hundred percent. Administrators are seeing the value of what wrestling brings to a campus. You know, from the, the you know, not just the athletic piece, but the business piece, the commute. You know, wrestlers are good dudes. You know, it's uh, they they add to the campus value, and it, and it, you know, administrators are seeing that, and and they get curious, they start asking questions, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of success stories, um, you know, our uh our, our vice president of enrollment is now the vice president of enrollment at Ohio Wesleyan. What did she do? She started wrestling, you know. So I think. Uh, they're seeing the value of what wrestling brings to a campus community. So, um, and, and with that goes, you know, increased resources. And so I think uh, you're seeing some schools on the East coast, you know, put forth some, some resources, you know, that rival some, some of the Midwest schools now. So, um, you know, wrestling good out in the East coast as well. So, I think uh, I think that's what you're seeing, Jason. You know, circling back to the Division Two thing for a minute and, and comparing resources, it's it's not something we hear. We hear a lot of comparisons. Oh, D1's got this, D1's got this, D1's got this, and D2's like, well, we got some scholarships, and then D3's got no scholarships. Now, comparing resources at a school like UNC Pembroke, which has a pretty good wrestling tradition, you know, some limited scholarship money versus a school like Baldwin-Wallace where – you're, you know, the, the tuition price tag is going to pay for a lot of things, you know, when you get enough students to come in, when you talk about resources, what, what are resources like between divisions? I mean, what do you need in D2 to be successful that you don't need in division three and vice versa? Well, I, I, I would think that every place, you know, is a, is a little different, you know, where some division two schools um, might need more operating budget, but I mean, across the landscape of division two, I mean, if you got a healthy scholarship budget and you can bring in the talent, you can figure out the operating budget piece, you know, and, um, you know, division three, I think you need staffing. I think you need, uh, staffing and, and facilities, you know, and, and budgets, you know, you need it all. <laughs> so, you know, from a from a fundraising standpoint, carrying 30, 30 wrestlers on the roster, they're they're paying tuition. Of course, there's there's non athletic grants and and scholarships that that come with that, but that's a large roster to manage. And uh, you see a lot of the Division three staffs, a lot of volunteer coaches. How does that coaching structure work? And 
you know, when you get a lot of uh, alums that are that are on as volunteer coaches, or you get student coaches, kids that get hurt and still on. I mean, how how do you basically spread the wealth in terms of keeping coaches involved so your thirty seven athletes can stay engaged? Yeah. So, you know, again, I think that's one of the great things that we have here at DW. Um, we've been able to create a culture and an environment where, you know, our graduates uh, want to stick around and, and stay involved. And, you know, because of our location, there's lots of jobs around and um, we have some grad school options for them so we can help further their, their career in education. And, you know, we, uh, we get them involved with the development of the athlete. I think that's some of the best programs, you know, like you're talking about the birds, right? I can remember my, first encounters with them and seeing, you know, all, all the, all the coaches at the, at the competition. So, um, you know, I think the more mentors you have for these young athletes, the better. And so, you know, that's something, you know, something that we have here in place and feel fortunate enough to, to have such a great staff. Like we, like we do here, um, the unbelievable coaches, but they're even, you know, they're even better mentors are the type of kids you want your your son to wrestle for. So, last year, the hot topic within Division Three was the the qualification system, rather the uh, the regional makeup of how the qualifi- qualification system worked. That's been <clears> changed this year. Conferences are are grouped together within regions. Uh, a more true geographic scent to it. Now, there's a there's a couple outliers, you know, with you know, a couple New York schools being in New England and a couple of them not. Uh, in that region, but uh, overall, how did you feel that the the realignment uh, shook out? Better. I, I don't know what the perfect answer is. Probably never going to have the perfect answer. Um, but I, I think it's a little more balanced, and you know, I think uh, you know, time will tell. Um, you know, I guess maybe it'd be more fair to ask me that question after after it plays out a year, but it, it, on paper, it appears to be a little bit more balanced. But at the end of the day, I mean, as long as it's a little more spread out and even, like I said, I think division three wrestling um, is growing east to west. And so, you know, or at least east to Midwest. Right. And um, you're going to have to win. You have to, you have to beat good kids to get to the national tournament, you know? And uh, so I think you still got to, I try not to get too caught up in, in, in all that. And just, you know, wherever region we're in, we're going to have to win big matches to get to the national tournament and win big matches there to get on the award stand, win big matches to win championships. So try to simplify it for our athletes. Control what we can control, right? Well, what you guys have controlled is a ton of winning school. I mean, it's like going back to the 22 and three season. What is, why have you guys been so good? recently i mean what 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 has been your secret with if you can say it's a secret or not that that's taken you guys from uh you know modest obscurity in division three where there's a competitive landscape of uh, outside of wartburg and augsburg okay who's going to be the next team to challenge to to baldwin wallace being thrown into that conversation as, as a top 10 program i mean why have you been able to get this team so good so fast i think we've gotten buy-in from our athletes we've created an environment where Kids want to compete. They want to make a year-round commitment to, to, to getting better. Um, got some structure and resources set up for them to, you know, to, 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 to keep on competing. And, and uh, so I think uh, I think that's it. You know, just uh, 
creating a, a competitive environment. We've had buy-in from our guys, you know, guys that came here that wanted to get serious about it. And, and uh, it's important to them, you know, if, if, if wrestling's important to to a kid, this could be a great place for it. And so um, I think we just have had good buy-in from our, from our student athletes that we've recruited. One thing I've always been kind of wondering about, and I haven't asked it uh, very often, two Division three coaches, is when you've got large rosters and you've got 10 spots and you, you've got the, you know, some teams are, are putting out, uh, you know, B teams at some of these tournaments and like like the those duels or, or the boots duels or things like that, where you, you get the, the second and third team guys some opportunity. Uh, keeping the, the athletes engaged, but also that winning culture. Kids want to be part of a winning culture. How do you keep the kid that's the third deck 25-pounder as, as part of the winning culture? Or uh, is is the talent so to the point where, you know, you're fairly replaceable and not replaceable in terms of, like, personnel-wise, but, like, the, the drop-off isn't as significant from two to three as it might have been uh, in your earlier years there? Uh, it depends on which weight we have. We're, we're, we're fortunate enough for some of our weights to be two or three deep and other weights not so much, but there again, buy-in, getting them to understand, try to keep them goal-oriented, keep them worrying about their, themselves, and just those little messages every day of getting them to understand the process, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's different than it was, like you said, three, four years ago, um, you know, a, a kid at that level would come in and be a four-year starter, where now, you know, it might might be different. And depending on what weight he's at, it might not happen until their junior or senior year, but um, you know they should be positioning themselves that when they are the starter, that they're they should be able to be very very successful. So um, just constantly communicating with them, and um, but it, it, it is a challenge. It is a challenge. Being aware of it, I guess, is always the first step. And so we're aware of it, and kind of communicating and educating all the time. Um, how to handle that so how do you blend the athletes that are coming from uh, maybe a powerhouse program versus uh the ohio schools that may have a middling wrestling program they may have been the best guy in their school's history or something like that uh you know you know no no tradition not a whole lot of high school coaching and then you put them in a room with guys from brexville broadview heights or or st edward or cvca how do you meld those type of athletes together I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we, we, I mean, that's our team right there. <laughs> we have, we have some guys from, from those schools and we have some guys from the other schools and it's just kind of fun. Watch, you know, I don't, I don't think it's always the same. I think, uh, you know, it's really for us just trying to identify kids where it's one, it's important to them. They're passionate about it, you know, and, uh, I think then they're they're a good fit, but yeah, what what you're talking about, we have that in our room where, um, you know, they they not not necessarily came from a from a powerhouse program, but you saw the talent. Now that they're here, they just man, they just keep getting better every single day. So that's pretty awesome to see happen. And then sometimes even so, some of those kids uh, from those powerhouse programs come in, and you see them get better all the time too. So. Works both ways. Pretty awesome. Now you got two guys ranked in the individual rankings as of uh, prior to, I guess, this last weekend's competition. Uh, Chris Doyle ranked fifth at one twenty-five, and then uh, 
second ranked in the country. Anthony Royo, talk about those guys and, and what they have meant to the program. Yeah, for Chris, uh, Chris has been Chris has been huge. You know, he's been there with Jesse, um, you know, his first two years, and so you know, those one guy was twenty five, one guy was thirty three, and um, so he got to develop right there behind Jesse and Chris has been really fun to watch develop, you know, and just kind of had a breakout year last year and just keeps getting better all the time. He's very, very, uh, he's a student, you know, he's constantly, I don't think there's a guy that, you know, he just, he's a mat rat. He puts a ton of time in, um, very, very motivated guy, both uh, career wise and on the mat. And so it's, really neat to watch his development, you know, and, and, um, trying to just really per- perfect his craft. Like I said, he's, he's just cleaned things up uh, all the time. You know, he took quite a few losses last year and, um, he's been a little bit, a little bit better this year early on. And, you know, he, he just, he's constantly working at his craft, uh, of, of getting better. I mean, we're, we're on break right now and, you know, and he's, he's been in the room, you know, so, that tells you the type of kid he is. And, and Anthony needs a pretty neat success story as well. And, you know, he, uh, you know, he, he was never a state qualifier in, in Ohio. Um, he, uh, there again, I think missed, missed state, uh, both his junior and senior year by a match. And then freshman year, uh, of college missed nationals by a match and finally got that monkey off his back last year. And, was able to get to the national tournament and, uh, you know, place fifth. And so he's pretty hungry. They're both pretty motivated guys. They're great leaders. They're hard workers. They do things the right way. So um, guys are rallying behind them, and they, they make us better. Now, as we move forward into the national championship, what, the goals and expectations of this team, how do you set them each year, and what is this team's goals and expectations for 2017-2018? For I think our our goals, we, we, you know, we they're the same. We want to maximize our potential, and I think our potential is, you know, we want to we want to win championships. We want to continue to, you know, be pushing for conference championships, regional championships, and you know, put you know, if we're doing that, we're putting ourselves in a position to, you know, to be a top four team. And I think if you're consistently a, you know, a top four team, and you put it together in the right day, you're gonna you're gonna put yourself in a position to win a championship uh, there as well. And, you know, we're going to keep working towards that. And, you know, we really just try to work towards our process goals of, you know, making sure our habits match what our goals are. And if we're doing that, everything else will, will fall into place. Now, as you guys, again, are the host institution for the Division Three Championships, we, we're expecting, I guess, a, a Midwestern-style crowd there in Northeast Ohio, whereas uh, – in the past, you got to Cedar Rapids or, or places of that nature. The Luther fans can uh, can get a little boisterous with their chants, and same with the Whitewater fans. But now, the, the I guess this is a call for uh, the Ohio area schools. Hey, it's your turn. And by a couple years ago, I think uh, you know some of those those Midwestern fans were chanting East Coast timeout when Isaac Dukes took uh, a <laughs> lunger, and I, I told him that that Case Western Reserve is in Cleveland, which is not the East Coast. East Coast of maybe Lake Erie. Tony Valak, by the way, hates that story. He hates when I tell that story. 
But, uh, you know, the balance of East Coast and Hershey <laughs> versus the, the Midwest, it, it's right there in Cleveland. I mean, what, what are you expecting from, from your fan base and from the other schools in the OAC that, uh, to, to put a good, good amount of butts in the seats? Well, I think, uh, I think you're going to get both. I'm, I'm excited. I, I think uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, I think uh, – I mean, I'm not sure if lacrosse beat the record, but I think Hershey, Pennsylvania, you know, broke the attendance record. I don't know if lacrosse got it back last year or, or not. So, um, you know, wrestling's getting important out this way. And I, I think, like I said earlier, this is a great location. So, you know, we, we should be able to draw from the East Coast and the Midwest and meet in the middle. And, you know, I, I know we're going to do our part from the BW fan base. Um, I'm expecting the other OAC schools to contribute as well. And so I think it just seems like the perfect place for. To, you know, you look at Division Three. You go from the East Coast all the way to pretty much what Buena Vista, Nebraska, Wesley now, and then you got one Strangler uh, <laughs> yeah, Pacifics out there. Like, right? hey, what about us? Yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, I think you know Cleveland is going to be a great meeting spot for for the Midwest to come in the East Coast and meet right here in Cleveland and have a great championship. Talk with head coach Jamie Gibbs of Baldwin Wallace. And la- one of the questions that always uh, comes up when I'm looking at results, hyphen or no hyphen, and can you tell us why? For, for Baldwin Wallace? Yes. So, no hyphen, and I think it happened my first year here, and I can't tell you why. It's it's, I, I it's it not been that with, long ago. I think, has, I think it has to do with search engine optimization possibly because <laughs> you know i have I, i'm dead serious too <laughs> that's With, the society we in live my in, short man. time here we, we went from baldwin wallace college to baldwin wallace university and we got rid of the hyphen yeah it's it's like um you know what with this whole marriage thing let's just combine our last names without the hyphen it, it works for everybody i, I think so I mean, maybe not as not as unique as a story as like the merging between Case and Western Reserve University to create Case Western Reserve right down the road there. But, uh, you know, that's one of those 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 intercopy editor. I make it. OK, there's no hyphen. It's a space. Got to make sure it's consistent. So uh, that's that's the way yeah, it works. we still get it <laughs> all the time. Yeah, we, we, we yeah, we still get it. The time we got left, coach, any fi- any final thoughts, anything about Baldwin Wallace wrestling or the division three championships you'd like the folks to know uh, this coming season? No, I, I, I appreciate you having me. I think uh, I think people, especially Division Three wrestling fans and wrestling fans in general, are going to love Cleveland, Ohio. I know me being an Iowa guy, then being in North Carolina for a short time, my perception of Cleveland wasn't a great one. I kept an open mind about it. Uh, it's a great place, great people. Uh, downtown has, has done a great job of really cleaning things up, and there's tons of things to do down there. Uh, it's, a, it's a good place right now. So I think uh, I think wrestling fans are going to be very excited. Yeah, the worst that, thing about that, Cleveland that is, is the Browns. Let's just be honest right now. <laughs> oh. I've got no solution for that one. No, I mean there may no longer be a factory of sadness, but uh, oh man, it's I, I I've been a, I was a Bucks fan growing up, so I know what painful seasons look like. But oh, I feel for I feel for Cleveland Browns. I feel for Brian Cack, man. He's <laughs> anyway. On that uh, note, I could get a lot like of hate mail the end of this show. Bro- Right, right, right. No, I appreciate you having me, Jason. Thanks a lot.
show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.